Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 200th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the professor, Matt Perkins. And a shovel pass across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, guys? Uh, I like shovel passes. Those are, uh, those are really good. Um, they're really effective sometimes. Um, not for us at Hillwood. Um, I don't think we would know what a shovel pass is, but um, we've got a big game going on tomorrow. Um, believe it or not, it, as big of an atmosphere as you can have at a middle school, um, which is the site of the original Bellevue High School, which is the reason why we bought our new alternate uniforms in the first place. So it's the Bellevue uh, alumni homecoming against, uh, we play against Antioch. So um, that'll be fun for tomorrow night. But you know what's even more fun? Doing the show and talking college football with you guys. Well, we appreciate that, Coach. And uh, we couldn't get started, though, without the third amigo in the second city, a man who wants to party like it's 1869. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Well, you know, I mean, it's a time for celebration. The Dodgers have been eliminated. And as a Padre fan, uh, great. And by the way, Kershaw. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> well, let, let's let's focus on your joy of the Dodgers losing and not wallow in the fact that uh, the Braves, who are uh, the team of both the coach and myself, have yet again choked Gross. in the postseason. So that, that was – you know what? I was still at work during the first inning. At least I knew I didn't have to rush home to turn it on. There you so go. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so, yeah, it's our 200th show. That is crazy. Uh, five seasons in. So uh, thank you to all of you listeners out there who have been supporting us through all of this special shout out to uh aunt sally our number one fan uh today oh, yeah. on the show uh we are going to get Love to you, aunt sally we're, we're going to get to uh, a lot of the big big games including the red river shootout but we're going to start with our adopted teams and we're starting on a sour note then josh because your eastern michigan screaming eagles got absolutely smoked by the shark humping chips. Yeah, it's just a short trip from Ypsilanti to Mount Pleasant, but the rush defense didn't make the trip. Central had over 300 rushing yards, Eastern just 60, uh, but they host Ball State next. Ball State, uh, another manageable team. Remember, the Screaming Eagles are trying to make it to a bowl game, not the MAC title game. So that goal is still on the table. Yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously – they can still they can still make it there, but I think the road just got a lot tougher for them. Coach, uh, your uh, Georgia State squad uh, beat Arkansas State in a in a surprising home win, uh, which makes Arkansas State zero and two in the state of Georgia this year. Uh, they get Coastal Carolina this weekend, and they're you know they might have a little bit of momentum now. Yeah, they do. I mean, anytime you put up fifty two points on the board, that's good. Um, they. 
played very well against Arkansas State, something that I didn't expect. Um, Dan Ellington was 29-41, 382 and a touchdown. Um, looks like every running back got in on the uh, fun. Trey Barrett, he scored one. He led, he led all rushers with 139 on 14 carries. Uh, Dan Ellington actually uh, dual threat, 19 carries, 69 yards. He scored on the ground as well. Uh, Destin Coates, 15 carries, 66. He scored three times. So uh, Georgia State off and running. So Coastal, um, better watch out on the teal turf. And, uh, yeah, so Georgia State finally back on track, uh, coming off a tough loss against Texas State. Um, they needed this one to kind of get some momentum back in uh, in conference play. So, uh, yeah, speaking of that conference, Sunbelt is getting getting fun. There are some oh, yeah. there are upsets happening all over the place. Sunbelt has been absolutely wild this year. Um, the American has not exactly gone to plan uh, either. Uh, my ECU uh, Purple Pirates, they're really, I can't really call them as mine. They're all of our ECU Pirates. We all love the Purple Pirates. Uh, they lost to a really tough Temple squad last Thursday. They only managed 327 total yards in the game. Less than six yards per pass attempt. Yes, and th- less than three yards per rush attempt. It was just not pretty. But again, Temple doesn't seem to matter who the coach is, whether it's, you know, uh, Jeff Collins, Matt Rule, Manny Diaz, oh wait, never mind. Um, they're, you know, they're going to have a good defense. ECU gets a bye this week. So they have two and a half weeks off uh, between games. Uh, I think that's probably good for them. They've, they've been a little banged up this early in the season. So that, that extended rest period might be just what they need to really uh, kick it into gear for the second half of their season. Speaking of games in the American last week, Josh, uh, the wildest and most fun finish was definitely in that SMU versus Tulsa game. Uh, that was probably the most fun I had watching college football last weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, just, I don't know what to say about it. It was a phenomenal game. SMU roared all the way back. Uh, it was nonstop action and it went into overtime. Uh, 500 yards of offense for Tulsa, 440 for the Ponies. Just, like, what else do you want? I mean, this SMU team, watch them. They're well-coached. They're a fun watch. And the jerseys look pretty damn good, too. Yeah, they look good. How about scoring on a kickoff coverage? Yeah. Touchdown on kickoff coverage. Think about that. Just think about the possible ways you can score as a kickoff coverage unit. Oh, it's completely wonderful. It, it was a thing of beauty. Um, if the ball hits inbounds and rolls into the end zone, guess what, guys? It's a live ball. Only if it goes into the end zone first will, and the team makes no attempt to get it, the refs will usually blow it as a, uh, as a touchback. But uh, if it lands in the field of play first and then rolls into the end zone, it is a live ball. And therefore, um, you can fall on it and score. So um, maybe they'll go over that in film session this week and uh, maybe they'll learn that. So, yeah, I they can only was, hope. I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. So, um, anyhow, Josh, I get a feeling that we've been bearing the lead a little bit early for some reason there's just something's just nagging at me we have a very early bearing the lead um one of my best friends in the world uh 
a DePaul grad school fellow alum, uh, our resident Arkansas Razorback fan, that's where he did his undergraduate work, um, also tangentially a, Arkans- a Kansas fan from your family, so you've been listening to Snoop Dogg a lot. Uh, my good friend Mitch is here to uh, tell us the proper way to do the Woo Pig Suey chant. Yes, uh, first off, it's yeah, Woo Pig Suey. And secondly, <laughs> it goes Woo Pig Suey. And uh, you do that three times, and then it gets really annoying, so you don't want to do it the rest of the game. But uh, <laughs> hello, everyone. Uh, you know, long time listener, uh, first time participant. Uh, happy to be here. And a big congrats is in order. Mitch is uh, back up in Chicago for this weekend for his bachelor party as he is right. married uh, here in a few months in the lovely married? city. Married? To uh, Rachel. Senator? Yes. Rachel, I would certainly uh, hope you know her name, Joshua. <laughs> no, she's really cool. We made her sing karaoke one time. That was, yeah. That was a good memory. Uh, Rachel is uh, a Texan. Uh, but we met in Arkansas, and so, you know, I, I know how much you guys all love Arkansas. It's always a priority to, to make sure you're talking about the Razorbacks on the, uh, the show. Now, is she really a Texan, or is she a Texarkanian? <laughs> well, you know. That's a border town, my friend. So, you know, she might not even be that. She's born in, born in uh, Long Island, so she's, so she's a <laughs> technically a, a New Yorker. Uh, but, no, she was born and raised Texarkana. Uh, Texar, uh, Texas, Arkan, Arkansas, right yeah. there on the border. Tex- so. Texarkanian. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, Matt, you That's and I are different kind of Texas. By, uh, an SEC fan, mm-hmm. sort of an SEC fan, mm-hmm. and then two Big Ten fans. Yep. <laughs> Wait, sort of an SEC fan. There's, well, there's, a, there's a punchline in there somewhere. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I do stand by the, the – I, I always say Arkansas should be in the Big 12. Uh, I'll they stand by that. They should be. They and Nebraska both should be. Oh yeah, and they all belong in the, the, back. Hey, now, my, my first, my first coach, big college football you, game. Hey, coach, can we interest you on a Nebraska, Rutgers, and and Maryland to the SEC for Arkansas trade? Um, not only no, but hail to the no. <laughs> Hail to the no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you can't give Rutgers away. In other words, no. Uh, speaking of Rutgers, they've gotten shut out a lot this year. Uh, and uh, the, even though they haven't faced Wisconsin yet, um, the Badgers have been shutting teams out. They got their third shutout of the season in five games. Um, they join a list of only 19 other schools since the year 2000 to have at least three shutouts in a season. They've done it in half a season. If they get two more this year, and with the way the Michigan State's been moving the ball, there's a potential they could do it this weekend. Uh, they could surpass. Matt, I have a sneeze coming on. Hang on. Uh, Brian Ferentz. Um. <laughs> There's another shutout that could Yeah, there we go. Um, uh, they would top Alabama and Virginia Tech, who are the only two teams that have uh, at least four shutouts in a season uh, since the turn of the 21st century. Um, speaking of that game, let's get right to it. It is going to be a windy one 
up in Madison this weekend when the Badgers host the Spartans, who are coming off an absolute shellacking uh, by the hands of the Buckeyes uh, in uh, in Columbus last weekend. They lost 34 to 10, and frankly, I mean that game was over in the second quarter. Josh. Uh, Ohio State was the first team this year to, who was able to really run the ball on Michigan State. Can the Badgers follow suit? Yes, because it's Michigan State. Um, they were a little bit of some uh, eye candy, but it's easy to pad your stats when you play Tulsa, Western Michigan, Northwestern Indiana. Um, Arizona State shut them down. Ohio State shut them down. Wisconsin going to shut them down. Uh, Michigan State is your classic 7-8 win bowl team, but they're not a contender for anything. Coach, um, on the other side of the ball, Michigan's offense has really seemed to struggle a lot this year, despite having Brandon Lewerke back again. Uh, what can they do against a Badger uh, defense? His name that- is Ryan, not Brandon. Brandon, to- Brian, that's, I mean, that's how good he's been. I don't even have, haven't even bothered to learn his first name. Fair so, enough. Um, it can be Brandon, Brian, Brian. Um, oh. I, I don't um, really care. Either way, is there anything they can get going against the Badger defense who, like I said, they just shut out another team, albeit Kent State, uh, over the weekend and have their the Badger defense has now scored more points than they've given up on the season. Yeah, this is one of the big uh this is one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. Uh they just you know, Brian Leonard, the defensive coordinator, has done a tremendous job. <laughs> that's a that's Jim Leonard. Yeah, see, you got me on this Brian thing. <laughs> Brian's song. Okay. Um, no, man, I don't want to cry tonight, man. I, I, I was trying to hold back the tears from the 200th it's episode. Boy. It's my boy Piccolo. Yeah, 200th episode. So we're off to a rousing start. I'm, I'm doing just, we're doing just as well with the first names of these players in this game as uh, Daniel Jones is doing against the Patriots defense right now. But um, anyway, Jim Leonard. Uh, formerly of the New York Jets and formerly of the Badgers uh, as a walk-on. Um, is doing a tremendous job with this defense. They, uh, they're one of the best in the Big Ten. Um, like you said, they, uh, they, they're very, very stingy. They fly around. They're physical. Uh, they, just, they have a lot of playmakers around the ball. And everybody, what I love about it is everybody just does their job and does it well. And it's just, it's just nasty. And you know, with the weather conditions uh, expected to be less than stellar, um, I don't expect Michigan State to be able to get a whole lot done. Uh, they couldn't get a whole lot done in perfect conditions against this defense, and it's only going to be worse. Yeah, Josh, do you think the do you think the conditions will play a big factor in the outcome of the game, or well, you know, is it going to be no matter what happens? Um, you know, they're going to be trying to stack the run anyway. It doesn't matter because they not like the Badgers are really trying to throw the ball forty times a game. So into this win shouldn't be that big of a deal. It doesn't matter. Michigan State's not that good of a team. <laughs> okay, then. Okay. Well, well the, the Wisconsin Badgers are uh, coached by an all-time legend, one of the best coaches in, in uh, college football history, Brent Bielema. <laughs> whoa, 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 just, wait, 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 Mitch. We do call him Bert. It's one, okay. one of our many jokes Sorry. that we yeah. call him Burt Bellema. The Wisconsin Badgers are coached by one of the best coaches <laughs> in college football history, Burt Bielema. 
who I just heard is going to uh, take a position up at Arkansas mm. as their next head coach. He wants to get that SEC experience in the best conference in the country, and I bet he's going to do great. He's going to turn the program. You know, they've had they've been down ever since um, five, five every, no, ever since Bobby Trino got on a motorcycle uh, and had an affair and rode his motorcycle with his mistress uh, and got into an accident. And uh, wore the greatest neck brace in the history of mankind. Exactly. But I just heard. I just got word. That uh, Brett Bielema is heading to Arkansas, and I bet, I bet, I guarantee, in you know four years from now, Arkansas is going to win national championship with oh. Brett Bielema or Burt Bielema. Sounds about right. Burt Bielema, I like it. Oh. All I right. like it. Maybe they'll fire I him in the tunnel him. at the national championship game. Yeah, yeah. While they're still on the field, um, Josh. Uh, in all, in all fairness, my favorite aspect about the uh, Bobby Petrino picture is he's wearing his Sugar Bowl hat in it as like a reminder like hey we just had a good season <laughs> i just took y'all to the sugar bowl <laughs> and one quick thing on that whole accident so uh before it came out that you know the, the, before the entire downfall of by petrino and arkansas um for a full week uh guys on scooters were riding around campus with a uh, blow up uh dolls of so female dolls uh, on the back of their scooters right around campus uh, in, in, with little signs on their scooters saying, uh, free Petrino. <laughs> Trying to check by, by Petrino with his uh, scandal. <laughs> Always nice to have uh, the, the, the support of the scooting community. Yes, exactly. There's, even a, there's a, a rally outside of Old Main, too. So that was fun. Well, Josh, let's actually stick in the Big Ten and head to uh, another uh, top 25 battle within the conference. This time, uh, number undefeated number 10 Penn State heads to Kinnick Stadium uh, to take on the Hawkeyes, who are coming off of uh, not their greatest offensive performance in history last week, losing at Michigan 10-3 uh, to in what was – uh, all, uh, I don't know, a, a game of just in, in self-inflicted wound after self-inflicted wound. It was, in all honesty, a classic case of the more talented team out coaching themselves. They mess it up entirely. Iowa ended with one rushing yard because they had their quarterback get sacked enough times to result in 65 yards of negative rushing. Um, I mentioned it. If Wisconsin has the blueprint, all Iowa has to do is pop in that laser disc and watch and see what Wisconsin did. Well, they gave their starting running back eight carries. They gave their second of their two-headed monster seven carries. They gave their most dynamic player six carries. Um, they pass it a whole bunch. They did a delightful play action pass in the second half when they hadn't been running the ball at all and Michigan didn't buy it. They literally changed nothing in the face of blitzes. They totally outcoached themselves. And the laws of Ference football says that they will now upset Penn State a week after that because when you look like dog crap, in Iowa football, 
the very following week, you rally and somehow win. And as Kirk Ferentz famously said, after blowing a major lead against Nebraska, quote unquote, that's football. That's football. Uh, Coach, uh, the Nets have had uh, just an absolutely explosive offense uh, so far this season. They look great. I mean, they are scoring 47 points a game, basically 500 total yards a game. Uh, You think they can keep it up against an Iowa defense that is year in and year out one of the best in the country? Well, I'm sure that it'll be a little bit tougher um, given the circumstances of what they're doing. Uh, they're going on the road uh, to Kinnick Stadium, uh, the, the the mighty pink locker room, still one of my favorite things of all time. Um, but they're just clicking on all cylinders right now, and it's going to be tough. I was going to have their hands full with this, with this offense, uh, as explosive as they are. Uh, they're not going to be anything that they faced all year. They're, they're fast. Um, they just – Again, year in and year out, it just plug and play. Uh, you know, you go from Saquon Barkley to Miles Sanders, um, and then now this group is just been outstanding. So uh, Sean Clifford has been uh, terrific. Uh, he he's been he's been able to uh, stretch the field vertically. Um, he's not making these massive mistakes, and he's just getting the ball where it needs to go. And 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 that's kind of what helps. Penn State stay uh, stay clicking. Um, I'm going to be at that game, by the way. I am heading back after work tomorrow. Oh, and oh. Uh, the last few games, Iowa has covered uh, for Penn State, Iowa, and me in attendance because I am the X Factor. Uh, one of those games was a Daniel Murray field goal to win it, a big upset. Um, but here's the thing. Going back to the Michigan game, and uh, I'm going to do my best not to swear, Matt, because this is a show that you have to edit. Yes, I know it's okay. I, I don't, I don't but, mind the extra work if 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 it really makes yeah. you feel the way you but, need to feel right now. Um, Iowa totally just had zero ineptitude a week ago. The defense, zero ineptitude. Zero ineptitude. I think you want to rephrase that. No, I don't. That's how dumb they were. They didn't even find a way to be inept. That's how stupid they were. <laughs> I stand by that. So they were um, below inept. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Gotcha. Again, a good friend of mine is here for their bachelor party, and we've had some drinks, man. But anyway, Iowa's offense was an abomination a week ago. They were off. They really showed their ineptitude. They did. Some would even say it was zero ineptitude. <laughs> we looked at the, They are the ineptitudes. But, Some say there is no ineptitude. But here's the thing. The defense played their asses off. That was one of the best offensive games I've ever seen. They gave up one play in the first half. It was a 50-yard pass that set up a touchdown. After that, Phil Parker the brilliant defensive coordinator realized, okay, we can't go toe-to-toe with this team. We're no longer going to play man-to-man coverage. We're going to go in zone. He went zone the rest of the game. He made adjustments. Defense played phenomenal. Offense made zero adjustments. Offense had no coherent play calling. I mentioned that they ran a play-action pass in the second half when they hadn't been running the ball literally at all. They had um, 
I didn't feel like counting all the plays off, but they were at about single digits for called running plays in the second half. That was stupid. They had uh, their their wide receiver, Brandon Smith, um, tweaked an ankle. They did not take him out of the game. So they were playing a wide receiver who could not run any routes. That was idiotic. Um, it was the biggest joke of an offensive game that I can remember. Um, I hate to go with like hyperbole and say it's the worst offensive game call ever because I don't, I don't really know, but it's the worst one that I can remember in quite a while. Having said all that, I mentioned at the start of this rant that the last few games I've gone to between Iowa and Penn State have been close. There are certain coaches that for whatever reason don't like an opponent and they kick their button to gear. Kirk Ferris is from the state of Pennsylvania, didn't get a look by Joe Pa and Penn State. He doesn't like that school. Iowa's going to work their ass off in this game. I think it's going to be close. I hope it's close, and I hope Iowa wins. Um, but we'll see. Coach laid out how good their offense is. There's a very good chance that Iowa gets blown off the field. But that's not what my gut says. My gut says that Iowa finds a way to keep this close. They have a great defense. And this is the game that the Ferris family cares about, not Michigan. And I'll leave it at that. My gut says I need some barbecue. <laughs> well, one good place to get barbecue would be the Red River Shootout uh, at yeah, the Cotton Fried Bowl. Oreos. At the Cotton Bowl, Coach. Yeah, we got you. You, you like often from <laughs> Penn State. Can I interest you in Oklahoma's fifty-three point four points per game, six hundred and forty-four yards per game? Uh, Jalen Hurts just looking like an absolute stud uh over 2000 combined yards so far 21 total touchdowns uh they are, will be taking on Sam Elling, Ellinger who uh himself has been putting up some pretty big numbers coach uh should be a lot of offense on display here um uh, most people including Vegas like the Sooners uh they're uh 10 and a half point favorites uh how do you see this one playing out um, I, I see it playing out kind of like Vegas does. I think the Sooners will be way too explosive. Jalen Hurts is a freaking weapon uh, of mass destruction uh, for the Sooners. And what, what impresses me the most is that Lincoln Riley is able to not only put up massive stats um, three years in a row with, uh, with three different quarterbacks, but he's able to do it in three different styles of, of play. So you had Baker Mayfield, who was more of the RPO, uh, sort of zone read, power read, uh, sort of option um, when they wanted to get fancy. But for the most part, he was uh, vertical passing, RPOs, uh, lead the offense, kind of more air raid style. Then you have Kyler Murray, who's kind of uh, who kind of had more of his more of his feet in the option world, but was still kind of doing the RPO stuff as well that Baker Mayfield did, and kind of just kind of merged the two. And then now you got Jalen Hurts, who is uh, power read, zone read, you know, a lot of quarterback runs, um, some downfield throws, but not as much RPO, um, not as much vertical passing, um, way more in the option world. So, you know, it's just like three different, almost three different kind of styles of play for Oklahoma. And that's kind of what impresses me is that Lincoln Riley is able to tap into the strength of his quarterback and, and really make the offense click around him. And, and Jalen Hurts has been, 
you know, Alabama fans are scratching their head right now going, who is that guy? And uh, I didn't know he could throw that well. And, and really, he is. I mean, he's doing everything he did at Alabama with, with his feet. Um, and they haven't had to pass a lot. But he's had 17 touchdown throws uh, this year. He's only thrown two interceptions. So um, he is throwing. Um, but he hasn't really, hasn't really had to throw a ton. Uh, it, as, as much, and I don't think he's thrown as much as Baker Mayfield and as much as Kyler Murray. I'd have to really dive into the stats to kind of figure out exactly uh, the breakdown. No, he, he's, he's definitely running a little bit more than those guys. But And he's completing a 75% clip. So, But that's because a, a lot of stuff he's completing is screens. Like yeah. it's a lot of fast screens, a lot of, um, you a lot know. Of short, uh, quick game stuff. Yeah, like, you know, like basically, like, you know, screens just stacked receivers on the outside just one blocker in front of the guy athlete yeah. on athlete one-on-one and they like their guys in the open and, field and i don't blame them cd lamb is the, a beast like oh yeah and i think that's the extent of their their uh rpo game is mm-hmm. is they have a, a quick read on a quick screen off of off of a run play but um and then some of the big plays they've hit have been off play action so um god almighty very impressive uh lincoln Riley, his phone's gonna be ringing off the hook um, from NFL teams this all season, so Lincoln Riley can choose his job. Yeah, he really point. could. I mean, you you could make a pretty strong argument that he is, uh, he would be the number one coaching candidate for any vacancy NFL or or you know or or college anywhere. I in, mean, anywhere, anywhere. Um, considering his age, because I mean, obviously, like Belichick, Saban, um, you know, Dabo. Yeah. First of all, hey, we all know those guys. All those guys are not going anywhere. No, they're and not. Um, they're not. Nor do they need to. No, and nor do they should. Um, so, to be honest with you, we can say what we want about Oklahoma and our opinions about Oklahoma um, as a university and as a uh, program history-wise. We can say what we want to say, but right now they're freaking exciting a lot. Yeah, they are. Um, they really are, and I and I hate that because I don't want to yeah. like them. Um, another no. team that we never really liked, uh, someone who really never likes them, is uh, is Josh. Especially combine the University of Texas with Tom Herman, the coach that he considers to be the greatest fraud, probably in all of college football. I mean, Texas and Sam Ellinger won this game last year. Are we dismissing the Longhorns too quickly? Yeah, well, let's see. We've probably had one right. coach uh, making up wow. a game plan. Um, that answers a, my question. Let's stay in the state of Texas and let's head from weekend, Dallas to College uh, Station. Other coaches have been kissing uh, this player. Texas A&M, so, uh, Kellen Mond, yeah. and 
Jimbo Fisher and the rest of the I'll Aggies take them in the playing spread. host I know this is an to spread the Crimson Tide but, of uh, Alabama. Lincoln Riley, if he wants to say uh, Alabama, I think he's a lock yeah, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, another week, another ridiculous game for Tua Fired coach in about five years. And the rest of that offense, I mean, come on, 59. You know, like, they put up 59 points like it's nothing. No, because if you remember, and so, they gave you know, up a crap uh, I mean, ton of yards more and points of the last year. Texas or uh, barely won the that Jimbo Fisher and then or Colin Mond or anyone else can do to you know keep this game closer than you know we would expect to finish. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's Jerry Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs, Devonte Smith, Najee Harris. Those guys are tough to stop. I mean, you know, you, you can't you can't bracket one. You can't focus on one. You can't. You know, you, you focus on stopping the run, and then Jerry Judy goes vertical on you. You focus on doubling Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs goes off. I mean, um, the only thing you can do is maybe uh, try to score with them, you know, and, and try to keep pace with, with that offense and see if you can't just turn the game into to a shootout and, and hope that, you know, hope that Alabama makes a mistake somewhere down the road because – um, occasionally if you hit Tua, he gets kind of scary because he's not used to getting hit all that much. Um, Alabama's defense is probably um, the weakest it's been in the last, what, five years? Um, I mean, that's not I saying mean, a whole it, lot, it, considering I mean, how strong they've been. But I think, this is I th- probably – if there was ever a year you could get Alabama on defense, this is probably the year. I mean – uh, Ole Miss put up what thirty something. They're they're a little bit they're a little bit, Ole Miss put up thirty one. Yeah, I mean they're they're a little they're a little thinner than usual. I think they've had more injuries than usual. Yeah, I mean, but still, I mean you know, the NFL their backups are all still four and five star kids. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not talented. They're just they just lack experience, which goes a long way in the SEC. I mean SEC SEC ball had you know. You got to have experience somewhere down the road, um, and you got to have experience somewhere in some key spots on your defense. If you're playing a lot of new guys due to injury, due to graduation, due to the NFL draft, whatever the case may be, you've got to have experience. And some of these guys are learning on the fly. So I think Texas A&M will get a few early, but you know, like like the like Alabama's done all season. They'll they'll pull away. They'll make some huge play. They'll you know these talented kids will make a play somewhere, and that offense will just They'll score 21 on you before you can blink. And, you know, next thing you know, you're playing right into their hand. You know, that's the, that's the thing that Alabama does the best is they, they, they score so quickly and they're so explosive that they can turn you one-dimensional. And then once they turn you one-dimensional, they got you. So, um, you know, if you're able to keep pace with them, maybe you can be multi-dimensional and, and that can kind of frustrate them. But, um yeah, I you know I just I, I just don't see it from from Texas A and M. Um, you can only hope that they that Kellen Mond can do something, but I think that's just their best chance. They've just got to get into a shootout. Yeah, uh, Josh, you know a- a- anything that you think that you know Texas A and M is capable of doing to maybe even at least slow down Alabama? Um. No, because it's Jimbo Fisher and he hasn't cared at all since um, about eight years ago. Yeah, sounds about right. All right, well, uh, let's then head to the uh, other 
big, big game out there in the SEC this weekend. That would be uh, Florida hot off of their victory over Auburn in the swamp last weekend. Uh, Their prize is a trip to Baton Rouge at night. It is going to be absolutely wild. Number five, LSU. Number seven, Florida. Both teams undefeated going into this one. Coach, first, let's head back uh, a week very quickly to that game versus Auburn. Uh, They really made Bo Nix look like a true freshman for the first time in uh, this season. They made him look like a high school senior. I mean, that kid was just (laughs) – I've never seen a quarterback look like that. a week after looking like a real court, like a, like a senior in college. So um, they did it. They did a tremendous job defensively, just frustrating Bo Nix, confusing Bo Nix, um, getting pressure and getting hits and hurries and things like that on Bo Nix. Also, I think that uh, Gus Malzahn just, he, he just did not have a good game plan whatsoever. I just, it, it kind of felt like, it kind of felt like what we what we feared Gus Malzahn would be and what we had thought Gus Malzahn had gotten away from this year uh, because he finally found a good fit at quarterback. I just I just felt like they never really had, could adjust to what Florida was doing. Um, they were just continuing to run some of their gimmicky things that um, that everyone has film on that everyone has you know strategies on how to defeat now at this point and you know I just think that he's you know. I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was a good game plan. I felt like Auburn choked a little bit. I felt like that defensive line, uh, you know, they held up as long as they could. But even in the end, they choked by missing several tackles on that LaMichael P. Ryan run. Um, but they just could never take advantage of Florida's mistakes. Florida had plenty of mistakes. Florida had plenty of chances to lose this game. Um, it's not like Florida went out and dominated the whole way. They, you know, both teams tried to lose, and Auburn just wanted to lose more than Florida did at this point. So, um, you know, it sounds yeah. so negative. I mean, Coach, in the words of the immortal Dennis Green, Auburn is – they are who we thought they were. Yep, and uh, they didn't let them off the hook. Yep. So they didn't. So, anyway, this weekend, though, Florida LSU. I mean, LSU, we know they always bring the defense, but good mm-hmm. Lord, this year's offense is something special. Joe Burrow uh, has emerged as a Heisman candidate. I don't want to say out of nowhere. I mean, he was like a, maybe a third-tier guy coming into the season. But my goodness, he has looked absolutely, you know, as good as anyone else in the country this season. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's second in the FBS with 460 passing yards per game. I mean, they're they're lighting it up, man. They're, he's they're 22 doing... touchdowns through five games. Yeah, it's insane. He just it's basically four and a half a game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and and a lot of those were against Texas. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think he just scored on Texas again. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 been it's been kind of fun to watch LSU um, offensively because they're just so explosive and they just hit so many big plays. Um, and they finally found a running game for. Um, to, to compliment Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow yeah. just Joe Burrow is everything that Ohio State fans knew he was and were fearful that he would be when he went to LSU. Mm-hmm. They knew LSU was getting a good quarterback, and I'm sure Ohio State fans were were kind of uh, bummed. You know, what? I don't think I don't think uh, Ohio State right fans now, can complain about having Justin Fields. You know, no, they can't. They they really can't. Even but, having Dwayne Haskins last year. Dwayne Haskins last year was phenomenal. Yes, but you know that feeling of 
wow, this, what do you think this guy could do? You no, know? I don't. I'm a Wisconsin fan, man. We've never had a, even a decent quarterback at our school, uh, much less have a good one transfer away. Come on now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, like the, I, be- I the, the best quarterback we had to leave recently was DJ Gillins, who, who became a, a wide receiver at like FAU or something. Yeah, well, you got Graham Mertz, so hold on to him. But um, oh, yeah, boy, I, I he looked good last week. He played pretty much all the second half, completed all of his passes. Oh boy, the future is bright. Oh yeah, no, I, I know the feeling of losing a good quarterback to transfer. Um, I don't think Justin Fields would have done as well at Georgia. Um, different scheme, different system. Oh, completely. Um, I think completely. He, he fits I, Ryan Day way better and I, I, I've, I've talked about my affinity for Ryan Day a little bit too much recently especially for Josh and the rest of the Big Ten fans because let's face it we hate Ohio State I hate Ohio State too but I still if Ryan really... Day coached anywhere else except maybe Georgia Tech or Florida um, or, or Tennessee, Tennessee. <laughs> I would be a huge fan of whatever school he's at I, I think he's great I think Lincoln Riley's great um, you know I think Justin Wilcox is, is, is really good um, and, and I kind of got Kind of got caught into uh, sucked into watching Cal a little bit because I just like the way they play defense, um, and I just kind of like the way they play, and they just play so hard, so physical. Just with, you know, they overachieve. Great. And Evan Evan Weaver is something else. He's a throwback player if there ever was one. Yeah, he's wearing like number like eighty eight out there playing linebacker, looking like freaking Dick Buckus. But uh, back to LSU, man. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr. on the defensive side of the ball. Holy cow, man! True freshman. Yeah, he's God Almighty. He, he might he, he already might be the best defensive back in the nation. He yeah. looks like okay, hey, he looks like a GAM out there, yeah. a, a grown bleep man out there. Yep. Yep. Now we're we're a subscription based uh, podcast, so maybe we can say <laughs> it. He's a grown ass man. Nope. Sorry, gonna have to bleep that one. We are we we are still uh we do not have a parental guidance restriction oh. on the podcast so we, do not, we, we don't have the e we don't have the explicit rating uh maybe we will if uh if I'll josh and mitch have a few more cherries jubilee um if they do i hope they would uh, uh in, enjoy them but uh josh lsu you know they are uh you know they, they they're coming off an easy uh non-conference tune-up before this one before that they just had vandy i mean they should be ready for this. It's been a month since they had that big game against Texas. Since then, they haven't played anyone of note. Vanderbilt's the best team they they, they played, and they pummeled them up here in Nashville. Uh, well, so- it's interesting you bring that up. I hate to go full Woody Page and say, look at the schedule, but – Look uh, at the schedule. Look at Florida's schedule. Yeah, they're coming off the Auburn win. Nice. Before that, Towson, FCS. Towson. Tennessee. Should be FCS. <laughs> Kentucky. Sun Belt and Tennessee Martin, probably like a D three team. NAIA. LSU has played Utah State, a contender for the Mountain West. Vandy, who you mentioned, Northwestern State. Yeah, don't care about those games. Hey, Northwestern State for an FCS team is better than Towson or Tennessee Martin. So true. Also, then, how did Florida get two FCS teams on their schedule? Well, they scheduled. Uh, I didn't think you could. I like. I, I literally did not think you. If you were an FBS team. I didn't think you were allowed to schedule two FCS teams. I thought I you were allowed you a maximum of one per season, it. unless you were a uh, an independent. I think you get an exemption if a school has canceled a game. Okay. Um, I don't know who canceled the game. My gut would be 
back when it was McIlwain, he scheduled Colorado State a lot. But mm. don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, but I, I think that's the exception, is if a game has been canceled um, and you just need to pull an opponent, the NCAA lets you do that. Um, the other exception is, obviously, if you play Hawaii, you get a 13th game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But but long story short, um, LSU they're the home team. They've also played a tougher schedule. Uh, I like them to roll. How about you, Mitch? You follow the SEC more than I do. Yeah, LSU. I got nothing. <laughs> cut, cut me from this. <laughs> so yeah, LSU I mean, and- coach, you're obviously going to pick LSU. You're going to pick. You're going to pick the Bayou Bengals here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but I I really would if I if I didn't hate Florida so much. I, I still would pick LSU. I just think they're more talented. They they're better. Coach. They're just better. They're better. They're, better. they're they're at I, home. At I'm night. not sure if 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 you take one. I don't know if there's a single unit on Florida that is better than than their equivalent on LSU. I think Florida's overrated. LSU's properly rated. So all right. Well, uh, with that, then let's head to our spread formations. Guys, she was my sleeper to, to win the West. Guys, um, last week was one we don't want to remember. Um, I was see. fine. Uh, by fine, you mean one in four, which is the same that we all were. Um, yeah, that's above the Mendoza line. It is the Mendoza line. <laughs> The, the that one one and four literally the Mendoza line is two hundred. That is one uh, one and four, uh, i.e. one out of five is the Mendoza line. You know, technical. Well, you know, agree to disagree. <laughs> um, we're gonna start uh with with a big line, uh because uh coaches' dogs are twenty three and a half point favorites at home versus the Gamecocks. The over-under is 53 here. Coach, you're going first this week's on the picks. Uh, I assume you're taking Georgia, so tell me why. Um, actually, I don't think Georgia's ever covered against South Carolina, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take the points. Oh! Uh, I'm going to take the points here. Um, coming off a huge emotional game against Tennessee, um, I would be surprised if they covered. I, I, I think they almost cover – but it's just one of those games that it's always close. Somehow, some way, it's always it's always a tight one um, with Georgia South Carolina. It was two years ago. Um, it was um, a year ago. It was tight for a little while. I don't think they covered either. Um, I think that well, they might have covered because the spread was a little bit tighter. But um, I think South Carolina bringing in a. Uh, Freshman quarterback is that's going to be a challenge. Um, hopefully, he doesn't get his soul taken like, uh, like yeah, because Holinsky's injured, right? I don't think so. Or is Holinsky starting? Holinsky's starting. I thought Holinsky was injured and they were bringing a, a, a kid who was behind him. But if Holinsky's starting, then I mean, still, he's still a freshman. I, I, I haven't right. checked, I haven't checked that out yet. I haven't, I haven't seen exactly who they're starting. Um, because I figured whoever they're starting is going to get battered around anyway, but um, I, you know, Georgia just doesn't score in bunches. They're very methodical with everything that they do. Uh, you know, like the uh, like the Weird Al song, like a surgeon. Um, that's what Jake Fromm is. He's a surgeon. He's cut extremely efficient. For the efficient. very first time. Yep, he's cut for the very first time. But no, he he just he just picks you apart. Um, 
they 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 beat you down slowly. So um, I'm going to take the points here um, for the Bulldogs, um, and I think you're going to get a heavy. I think you're going to for the first time get a heavy deuce of Zamir White, or as they call him, Zeus. That's my prediction. I'd probably I'd probably see the game uh, carry the over more so than Georgia um, covering covering. Yes, Josh. Yeah, so there's a little bit of an issue with this game. I mean, 11 o'clock start, Central, the greatest time zone ever. Will Georgia really care at a noon kickoff? I don't know. Maybe that's a reason to pick the Gamecocks. Uh, Coach mentioned some of the history with the Gamecocks overachieving this game. I I just can't shake the fact that South Carolina is 2-3 and on the year. They got blown out by Alabama. They got blown out by Missouri. They lost a heartbreaker in North Carolina. And their two wins are FCS Charleston Southern and Kentucky, who's really not looked good this year. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bulldogs to cover that monster spread between the hedges in Athens. What say you, Mitch? You know, I like the uh, Bulldogs here too. I think that – you know, Arkansas and South Carolina and both entered the SEC at the same exact year. And I'm just thinking if South Carolina was in Arkansas's shoes, or if Ar- I guess if Arkansas was in South Carolina's shoes, uh, we get blown out, you know, <laughs> 101. Uh, one is not a possible. Uh, God. It's possible a- in Canadian football. Yeah, th- uh, there you go. So Arkansas is playing Canadian football. Everyone else is playing American football. Maybe that's the reason why we suck so much. Uh, picking the dogs here too. Why not? Why not? Um, I'm going to take the under. I think the dogs come out a little sleepy in this one, uh, personally, uh, just because, um, you know, they had that, that game over Tennessee was a surprisingly emotional one. I think they, they come out a little bit slow. Um, eke out, they, they might cover. I don't think South Carolina's gonna, gonna score very much at all against Georgia, but I think this is going to be a relatively low scoring affair. I could see Georgia winning like 34 to 10. So give me uh, the under on this one. Anyway, uh, let's head out then to the PAC 12, which we have not talked about yet tonight. Uh, we have what is a pick When I sent out our lines, it has uh, faded now to Arizona state being a one point favorite uh, at home against Washington state. I mean, I don't know what to do with the Pac-12 right now, uh, Coach. Washington lost last week at Stanford uh, pretty convincingly. I mean, there is they have no chance, no chance to get a playoff team. Washington has two losses now. Um, you know, uh, Washington State has two losses. Arizona State is the best team in the Pac-12, I guess. But my goodness, uh, A, how do you feel about this one? And B, how do you feel about the Pac-12 overall? Well, the back the Pac-12 overall is about as clear as mud, um, but this game should be exciting to watch um, because I think anytime Washington State is in a game, that is always exciting. Um, Arizona's not very good, and the over/under is only set to fifty-nine. So, um, Arizona I, State, Arizona State. 
yes, Arizona, Arizona State, either team, very, very exciting. Uh, both these teams, this is the battle of HBO because I think both teams are going to be on that HBO series 24-7, um, which is really good. Penn State is the, the newest episode, speaking of. Um, but, um, I mean, if it's a pick em, there's not really much of a spread. Um, I do like Arizona State at home. They're playing really well. Um, I think it's going to be uh, an interesting affair. Uh, let's see how Washington State responds to getting called out by Mike Leach, um, as he calls them soft and uh, entitled and fat, dumb, and happy. Um, so let's see how they respond to that. Um, but I, I'm going to pick Arizona State here. Josh. Well, someone who I think is a pretty good coach based on what he did in a small sample size at Minnesota and seems to know defense, Tracy Clays, uh, he resigned from Washington State. I don't know what is going on on that side of the ball. Their defense has struggled mightily. Um, and Arizona State, very, very quietly. They are 4-1. and one. They lost kind of a heartbreaker to Colorado but bounced back really well with a road trip up to California, won that game in the Bay Area. They beat Michigan State. Granted, not a great team, but it was on the road. And I just think they're quietly playing some really sound football. And you, let's be honest, you play to win the game. So I'm going to go with Arizona State to cover. How about you, Mitch? Well, I'm actually lost. I'm looking at Arizona State, too. I like them to cover as well. I'm a big fan of their head coach, Herm Edwards. Uh, partially, actually, probably I'd say mostly because I'm from Kansas City, so I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, love college football more than the NFL, but, you know, Kansas City Chiefs are, right now, they're a hot team. They're a powerhouse. And, you know, Herm Edwards was a coach, head coach of the Kansas State Chiefs from 2006, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, Brody Croyle era. Right. And, and you know, he, he left, but he left them in a great state. Mm-hmm. He left them on the path to what they would become right now, which are Super Bowl contenders. You know, he left uh, at the end of the, the uh, 2008 season uh, a franchise worse, 2-14. and 14. Um, So... Now, Mitch, I do need to ask you, though, who has better time management at the end of the game, Herm Edwards or Andy Reid? Neither. We're going with the Pirate. (laughs) So, uh, Wazoo to win and uh, cover. Oh, Wazoo to win and cover. Why not? not? (laughs) Well, uh, well, I mean, the the game is now at minus one as as we pick. Yeah, I I think it's it's just the negative – reaction to seeing Herb Edwards on the sideline. I think we have some Kansas uh, PTSD right there. <laughs> We're all emotional. <laughs> well, you know what, Mitch? I'm actually there with you, and I'm just going to – I will always ride with the Pirate pretty much no matter what. So why not? I'm going with Washington State because, well, you know what? Uh, if, if, all, if me, Coach, and Josh usually agree on a game, then we're usually all wrong. So they agreed on it. So I kind of have to go the other way so at least one of us will be right. Um, next, let's head to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, the Mustard Buzzards are taking on the North Texas Mean Green team that we thought coming into the season could be one of the best in the group of five. They have had a downer of a year so far, only two and three, 
for Mason Fine and the rest of that North Texas offense. They've only been putting up 33 points a game. We expect much more out of them. They looked, I mean, they've lost to a, a, a couple pretty good teams in SMU and Cal, but also lost to Houston pretty handily. Uh, so they are three-point dogs on the road in Hattiesburg, Coach. Uh, you like the mustard buzzards? I do. It's going to be a blackout um, in at what they call the rock. Um, so, Should, yeah. Shouldn't it be like uh, – uh, shouldn't it be it, it be like like the lair or the nest or like I don't know what a perch the perch for the eagles perch yeah I don't know that's weird uh, maybe maybe the mustard buzzards maybe the golden maybe golden eagles sit on top of rocks I guess I, I guess I, I don't know I figure all birds I mean all birds sit on top of rocks either either way uh, Southern Miss football sent out a tweet that says when the night calls will <laughs> you answer. And it's a that's it's a, that's a little creepy. I'm not gonna a, lie. It's so a the video miss, of them. So the miss is someone people. who is a Title IX coordinator at the school he works at. Um, you might have to reconsider the wording in that tweet. Yes, yes. Either way, they're blacking out. Um, it's a big, big affair. Um, they're rolling. They're rolling right along. Um, so I'm gonna take the University of Southern Mississippi at minus three. Plus, it's Brett Favre's birthday today, so. Joshua. Well, it's tough because North Texas hasn't done well as a team, and I think that's a fair assessment. But Mason Fine himself individually is putting together a pretty good year. And so I was trying to figure out a little bit more about Brent Favre's alma mater down there at Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And I noticed that, well, they beat Alcorn State. Okay, fine, whatever. Won at Troy by just five points. And then beat UTEP, one of the worst teams really in the country. And so I'm going to go with North Texas. I think that Mason Fine's been playing well. I think they find themselves... Um, I think they get it into gear finally this week. I'm going to trust the mean green a little bit longer. And um, when we were talking about this game, uh, Mitch said he neither cared nor had a read on it. So he's going to sit this one out because it's, let's be honest, North Texas and Southern Miss. I mean, let's be fair. This is a tough one, but I like North Texas here. Um, You know, just because I feel like the mustard buzzards have been a little bit of smoke and mirrors this year. Yeah. They're three and two, but it like, like you said, Josh, it's, they eked out a, a, I will say a lucky win at Troy. They beat a terrible UTEP team. They beat Alcorn state. They got rolled by Alabama. Okay. So does everyone, but they got beat pretty handily by Mississippi state. Mississippi state is not as good as they were last year. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I don't really think that Southern Miss is as good as their record says they are, even though according to the big tuna, big Parcell, Bill Parcells himself, uh, you are what your record says you are. I think North Texas is a better team. Give me the mean green. 
let's stay in the group of five heading over to the American Conference Houston uh, who are two and three and have uh, suffered not the injury but the redshirting of some of their best players including quarterback De'Eric King uh, Cincinnati comes into town as a seven and a half point favorite um, uh, coming off of a win over Central Florida last week uh, over under here 51 and a half coach what side are you on Ooh, um, considering what Cincinnati did last week, um, I am, I'm on the Bearcats side. I, I think they are playing some really good football right now. They had an upset of Central Florida, um, a team that's extremely explosive uh, offensively. And I think uh, defensively, Houston just can't hold up because that's, that's not what Daniel Holgerson does. Um, Dana Holgerson, um, I don't think he knows how to spell defense. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Cincinnati. Josh. Cincinnati. <laughs> um, beep, 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 I got something over the, the old telegram machine. <laughs> another another Houston player redshirted. Huh? I'm going to take the SMU ponies. Mitch, how about you? Well, you know, yeah, SMU is not even playing in this game. What? It's Cincinnati it was... versus Houston. Even better. S- SMU will still win that game. <laughs> SMU is somehow going to win Cincinnati SMU versus I I, Houston. I think I misread the uh, show rundown. <laughs> Clearly. Sorry about that. Because I, it's Cincinnati. Matt, Matt, no, this is that? all staying in, my friend. Matt, can you edit that? I'll redo my little uh, beep, beep, beep sound. I mean, we can – yeah, man, go for it. I can edit, I can edit this around. All right. Well, we'll redo that. Beep, 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 boop, beep, beep, boop. I just got something over the old uh, telegram machine. Um, Western Union says, another Houston player. Stop. Redshirted. Stop. Give me the Bearcats. Boop. Stop. Oh, wait, no. That's, that's <laughs> and uh, I just saw another uh, Houston uh, player put on another red jersey. Oh, no, that's not their, that's not their main jersey. It's just a red shirt. Uh, <laughs> They're all wearing actual red shirts on the sideline from now on, and they outnumber the, uh, the, the players who are in actual uniform. Uh, I like Cincinnati here, too. Um, and I also like, uh, I, I also really like the over as well. I'm torn on which one to take. You guys both took Cincinnati, so it makes me scared to take, uh, to take Cincinnati as well. So I'm going to take the over. Um, finally, finally, it's the 150th season of college football. That means we need to talk about Rutgers because what would an illegal motion show be without discussing the State University of New Jersey and their Scarlet Knights. Speaking of Chris Ash, he is a volunteer assistant for Tom Herman at this moment. Just so you know. He's not earning, the pay. He, he's not earning the pay that he's getting. I have one thing to say about that. I hope that picked up. I, I kissed under the microphone. Yeah, that, 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 that picked up uh, quite well. <laughs> quite well. Josh. Even better. Coach, Rutgers is a 28-point dog to Indiana. Nobody, and I mean nobody, 
Except for maybe UMass, because I mean, let's face it, they are 33 point dogs this weekend to Louisiana Tech in Ruston. We love Ruston, don't get me wrong. Connecticut 34 point dogs this weekend to Tulane. But the game we are talking about Rutgers, Indiana. Rutgers, a Power Five team. Indiana should not be favored by 28 over any Power Five team. No. Any Power Five team. But yet, here we are, Coach. It's a conference game, too. It, that, Coach, it is. Um, it's kind of like Georgia Tech. It's, it, it's really sad. It is. It, it is. And, you know, um, the line here on this one, like I said, Indiana by 28. The over-under on this one is set to uh, 49 and a half. Mm. Coach, what side are you on? Um, I kind of want to feel sorry for Rutgers and just pick them to cover. But I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> that it's I know it's bad, but it's just it just but no, I it can't. So you're um, t- so you're taking the Hoosiers? I'm gonna take the Hoosiers. Josh. Well, this is where the benefit of being a hold on. Beep 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 Another Rutgers player has just redshirted as well. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Rutgers has had a lot of players redshirt, to say the least. Um, this is where being a Big Ten person comes into a little bit of benefit. Indiana's won the last three, but two of the three have been single-digit games. 2015-2014, Rutgers won. I'm doing it. I am pulling the Rutgers ripcord. Uh, they'll get blown out, but not by this absurd spread. I'm taking Rutgers. How about you, Mitch? You know, I um, I work with a wonderful woman who went to Indiana, and in her entire four-year academic career, never went to a single Hoosiers football game. <laughs> And she graduated last year. Um, so I, you know, doesn't doesn't what the uh, the Hoosiers academic base, fan sports, what what they have going for them, versus what the Rutgers kind of wild card in this case, as crazy as it is to say it, uh, wild card has going for them. I have to pick uh, Rutgers to. Uh, Upset that spread. Woo! I like that. I like that. Um, I'm going to be Debbie Downer here, and I'm going to take the under because I don't think Rutgers can score 10 points, but I also don't think Indiana can score like more than 30. So um, give me uh, give me the under. And uh, with that, gentlemen, that is our 200th show, our bicentennial um, in the year of college football's sesquicentennial, one of my favorite words in the English language, which means 150th anniversary. Thank you very much, English language. Thank you very much. Josh, we didn't bury the, we already, we already unburied the lead. 
No, we, we dug up the lead. buried the lead. We buried we, the lead. We, 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 did, we on we, having we, a guest, and then twice we baked even, lead, a twice buried lead. Talk about Arkansas heading to the world's largest grocery bag, Kroger Stadium, Kentucky. In Kentucky, you got Kentucky and Arkansas. How did we bury the lead with an Arkansas yeah. fan in our midst? I don't know. That's literally in our presence. It hurts me. Yeah. It hurts on me. the show. We got a pair of teams who are sitting at two and three. But let's the, be honest. Kentucky really has nothing to play for. Florida is running away with the East, or Georgia is running away with the East. That's a two-team race. Arkansas is sitting perfectly in the SEC West. I can't think of a single team that is running away with this division. Can you name a single team in the SEC West, Mitch, that is better than your Arkansas Razorbacks? I dare you to name one team. Ole Miss. <laughs> I was going to go with Mississippi State. So, uh, you know, great minds think at least like quasi-alike. There you go. All right. Let me, let me give you a little bit of real Arkansas commentary here. All right. So – we got Nick Starkle, who's coming off an injury, but he's fully healed up. So he only threw about five interceptions over the last two weeks. Um, also, you know, the, the whole Arkansas Razorback team coming off a tough loss in that bye week. You know, it, 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 bye it's, week you? It's, it's rough. You know, you hate to see it, but hopefully they can bounce back from that tough bye week. Uh, but Nick Starkle does have two uh, receivers who we can throw to, who are coming off, coming off injuries, that are fully back. Uh, we got Mike Woods and Trey Knox, and that's about as much Arkansas commentary as now, I have. Now, that's a lot of injuries. Is there a medical school in Arkansas? Uh, you know, there is. It's all the way in Little Rock, about two and a half hours away. So you Well, know, that's why all the players are injured. All the team doctors are in Little Rock, and the team yeah. is in Fayetteville. Um, well, there pretty is. much. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on the on the show, guys. <laughs> really appreciate it. All right, well, gentlemen, I think on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach Corey Burton, here in the Music City, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook, up there in the Windy City, and his special guest, the number one hog in our hearts, Mitch. This is the blogger. This is the professor in the Music City, saying so long and. See you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Mitch, give us a little whoop pig suey. Whoop pig suey. There we go. Pig suey. Razorbacks. Razorbacks. <laughs> Let's go, uh, hogs. Can't even do that, right? <laughs> Let's go, hogs. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really. Thanks for listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. To get in touch with the show, email us at illegalmotionpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at illegal underscore motion and check out our Facebook page. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.